0: Hey everybody, it's Damara West. I am founder of Be Well, Beautiful Woman. As you know, we help you to ensure that you are putting wellness first and business second so that you can live a joyful, abundant life. I am so delighted that you are on the podcast today. You're tuning in. There's so much going on in the world today. I can only imagine how COVID-19 has affected you, your loved ones. And of course, where I want to start is just to say that my prayer and my hope is that you and your loved ones are safe. You're sound, you're healthy, and you're living your life abundantly, and finding the joy where you can in the must in the midst of this crisis. Uh, So, with that, I have some announcements at the end, but I don't want to hold up the process in you getting to know our guest today. She is amazing. I know that you're going to think so as well. Her name is Dr. Nicole Gardner Scott, and she is a highly sought-after serial entrepreneur, finance expert, and coach. She launched Amount Financial Services, which has positioned her as a thought leader, a teacher, a speaker, and a nationally recognized money expert while gracing the stages of TEDx, the White House, and more. Dr. Nicole Gardner-Scott, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for being a positive light in the midst of everything that's going on. I don't think we can get enough positivity and enough um, people just speaking from a place of uh, genuine light, so thank you for having me. Absolutely,
0: and thank you, because I know that you're going to be spreading some some more of that light for our audience today, so we're going to dive right in. Um, at Be Well, Beautiful Woman, as you know, our mantra is wellness first, business second, so that folks can lead, women in particular, can lead an abundant, joy-filled life. How do you see money and wellness connected?
1: Um, I feel like they go hand in hand. I feel like they're actually one in the same uh, for many people. So um, when you are in the space of of really being attuned and, and aligned with your wellness, then you spread that energy into other areas of your life, be it your health, be it your finances, uh, be it your, your overall happiness, your family, your activities, your job, your career, your, whatever that might be. When you are well, it, uh, translates into all those other areas. And, um, that really, when you asked me that question, it really stuck with me because um, just last month, I did an article with Essence Magazine just talking about how burnout causes a lot of some of our worst financial decisions. Uh, and it puts us in a very toxic space. And so um, I, would, I would just apply that to wellness as well. When you are, um, When you are not focused on your spiritual, mental, physical health. That is typically when you make some of your worst financial uh, decisions. So so if you're burned out, you know, just take, for instance, if you're burned out, you might do some things to compensate from being burned out that are costing you a lot of extra money. Like you're you're too burned out to cook. So you're eating out, Uber eating, doing all these different things. And next thing you know, you're looking at your Uber Eats bill at the end of the month that you spent $3,000. On Uber Eats rather than you know three hundred dollars on just going to the grocery store, or you are um, you know so stressed out or trying to fill some different voids, to overcompensate and try to buy things outside of your um, outside of your budget. You know you're just li- living way above your means to compensate for other things that are going on internally instead of just dealing with those triggers or dealing with the, with uh, You know, whatever toxic behavior is happening on the inside, um, you try to overcompensate for it on on the outside. So I I feel like the two are are one and the same, interconnected. And when you are in a space of being well, then you you look at the the longer term picture. You look at things for for the space of playing the long game. So when your head is on right, when you're feeling good, when you're aligned when your energy is matched up, then you're like, okay, I can, I can plan for the future because I can breathe. I can take into account, you know, where I want to see myself in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. How do I want to um, create some things in my life so I can leave wealth for my family? Um, how can I help the people around me? Because then you have the, the mental capacity to start to want to help the people around you. When you are not well, then you really go into like a very selfish space. Like you you only have the capacity to deal with yourself. You're like, you know, if this don't have anything to do with me, I could care less. And it's very hard to build wealth when you're very self-focused. When you start to to figure out how can you help your kids, how can you help your spouse, your family, your your immediate circle and then your outside circle, that's how you truly start building wealth. And so you just really want to be in a place of wellness so that you can Increase your, your capacity in that space.
0: Yeah, Nicole, this is so important because I think what happens oftentimes is that're we're, when we're running on fumes, we just want to have pleasure wherever we can find it, right mm-hmm. so pleasure mm-hmm. in the instant pleasure in the food that we're putting in our body because it tastes really, really good, pleasure in like sitting on the couch and not doing a whole lot of anything because we just don't have it in us to do anything other than that. And, and it, and it really, it clouds our judgment to do what's right for us to begin with. Right. And what's, and you talked about that. And so We may have this uh, problem with instant gratification in general, right? We know that we suffer from that as a society, but I think that it, it becomes exacerbated when we are not practicing wellness. It clouds our ability to be able to make decisions from a place that are really rooted in what we say is most important to us. And if and so, I love what you're saying because I think that there's this disconnect oftentimes in like who it is that we aspire to be and who it is that we're act- who we actually are based on our actions. Because who we yes. are is rooted in our actions, essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we can say all day long about what it is that we want to do. But until we begin activating to do the things that it is that we want to do, then it's just talk. It's just lip service. And mm-hmm. so I just, I love what you're saying. And I think it's really powerful um, in this connection that, I mean, one is the same because when we're not well, it affects every single area of our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I feel like um, when you're not well, <clears throat> you tend to operate on autopilot, mm-hmm. right? You just start you, you're You're not mindful, you're not present in the moment you're doing things just because it's always been done that way, or that's as much brain power as you have to allocate to the situation because you just got too much other stuff going on, and even right now with with what's happening with the pandemic and everything else, you want to you want to monitor your mental health you want to monitor. Your, your emotions during this time you want to put energy as you're putting energy to all these other things you know everyone's telling you to do this and do that and and whatnot while those things are definitely important you want to make sure you're putting some energy towards your 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 well-being because that is how you'll be in the right mind frame to make the decisions you'll you'll be able to see things from a bird's eye view and like when you're operating out of lack and out of panic You can only see what's right in front of you. Mm. But when you're operating out of of, uh, being whole and sound and having um, peace with with what it is you're doing, you're able to step outside of the situation, look down on it, and and see it for the long term. So whereas you might say, hey, I need to sell these things in my house so I can immediately pay some bills. You might, you know, being in a good alignment and, and just taking care of your mental capacity, you might talk to a few people, hold off for a little while, and those things might be of more value if you sell it like maybe next month or a month from now, or those things might not be so easily ready to get back, so you need to hold on to it. It just makes you ask deeper questions and, and look at things um, further out instead of just hopping on the immediacy because you're operating out of panic and out of fear. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so those things are definitely, you know, very key during but, this time. Absolutely. And you were speaking
0: to I th- about how it really clears the space for us to be creative, for us to come up with a solution that's going to best serve us in the moment. But if we are, if we're here, like our hand, it's like when we're in the midst of trouble, whatever that trouble looks like, right? Trouble being burnout in this case. The solution, it's like our, the, our hand is right up uh, over our nose, right? So we can't mm-hmm. see it. But mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm. that we're able to move back some, it's like, oh, now I can see my hand more clearly. And now I can come up with an action that is actually rooted in what's real for me right now and what I really want. And so there's this creativity. And I think that oftentimes we feel that wellness is such a luxury Right. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is that wellness is everything. I know so many women who, um, are doing really amazing work and they are running on both sides of, uh, what do they call it? The, the string, or I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm not saying the phrase, right. Right. But burning
1: burn both ends of the candle,
0: burning both ends of the candle, sis. <laughs> <And> the reality <laughs> is, is that that candle is going to burn out at some point. And when it that is. candle burns out, what we going to do? Yeah. Because yeah. Unless we have been filling in the the, the candle, we continue to burn that candle through wellness practices, we get to a point where we're done. And Mm -hmm. now all we want to do is stay in bed or all we want to do is whatever that thing is that we're doing because now we're drowning. And Mm -hmm. you can't seem to get out of it. And so, you know, I certainly don't want to belabor this by any means, you know, because clearly we're speaking the same language about how wellness is at the heart of everything and particularly around finances. And so let's dive more into that because I know that you have so much to offer around this. So talking about money is not easy for many people but you've somehow made it sexy. <laughs> there are many people <laughs> that have been able to make, talking about money sexy, but you've done it somehow, sis. And so how have you been able to make it so appealing for people, and what are your tried, true, and tested money tips?
1: Sure, sure, so, um, A few years back, I had a a really good conversation with my grandmother. And one of the quotes that she left me with was um, The people want to be entertained, but educate them anyway. And uh, as I really explore everything that I'm doing with my financial services company, Amount Financial, I always use that quote in how I design programs campaigns, events, everything. Many people uh, in, in our space, in today's society, they wanna be entertained, but it is our duty to educate them anyway. But I feel like in the financial space, it's a heavy space, right? Cause it causes you to be very vulnerable and transparent. When you sit down and you talk with a money coach, you have to discuss all the decisions you made with your money. And it's a whole trigger for many of us. It's like, you know, you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm in debt, but this is why this happened. And, you know, my mother did this to me. My boyfriend took this money from me. My, uh, it, it makes you relive all the things that put you into the financial situation that you're in but the most liberating part of it is when you is the more that we start to have these conversations, you, the more you start to see everybody has gone through something, right? It, it, I mean, they've gone through uh student loans. They've done some, some faulty financial decisions. Um, they grew up in homes where they didn't get this money advice. And so they operated out of, out of the spirit of lack. They, you know, are in a space where they don't even know what some of these different terms mean. I mean, just just all across the board. It is for years. I feel like our parents' generations and parents' parents' generations felt like you don't discuss money, and that is the most damaging thing that can happen to our community. So I felt like, hey, let me figure out a way that we can just feel comfortable having these conversations. Once we have these conversations, then we can really start to cause change. And so um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I also do marketing and I have a PR agency. And we would do these, these national events around beauty and around, I mean, women want to talk about everything. We want to talk about sex. We want to talk about beauty. We want to talk about um, jobs, all these things. And I was like, how can I get it? to a space where we could just start talking about money, where we can alleviate the embarrassment, because that is the main thing that is holding us back. And so we just got really creative, me and my team, on um, creating safe spaces where women could just feel very comfortable talking about these things, understanding that there's no shame to not knowing things. Some of us were just brought up in different environments, um, not to mention that there is a, a, a systematic level to why we, we haven't had access to a lot of things. So a lot of things you're holding as your fault is not even your fault. Like, you know, the, 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 powers that be have made it so that you don't even get that information. So you can't continue to beat yourself up over that. Um, and then just seeing how much peer to peer resources help. And if we're going to be in a space of peer-to-peer resources, if we're going to get on Instagram and ask people, hey, what's a high-interest account the rest of you guys are using? Or, hey, who's a financial planner that you guys would recommend? If we're going to be in this space of peer-to-peer, then we have to start holding each other accountable to step up our own knowledge and step up our own uh, access. So when we're giving advice back out, it makes sense. And so uh, many times, I, you know, through our, we have a financial uh, membership, we call it the commonwealth, where we just talk about making wealth more common, giving resources, sharing resources, and then just create an environment where people can be around each other that are very wealth positive. Meaning, if you're in the space of trying to save, you have a group of people that's rooting you on for trying to save and not saying, you know, you only live once, you might as well spend it. So it's a really good group of, of women that have united in, in our Commonwealth membership to just push each other along and give each other encouragement. But, um, you know, those are those are things that we've just tried to really dig deep and be, be very creative with so that we can hold each other accountable and hold hands and push each other along the way. Because one thing I know for sure, it makes no sense for you to be the only rich, rich one or wealthy one in your circle. It does no good. And that money won't last. It won't have longevity if you're the only one. But if you're able to bring your whole household up, if you're able to bring your family up, if you're able to bring your community up, if, if you turn it into it's bigger than just you, then that money will last and stand the test of time and be available uh, to help people w- way long after you're gone. So, um, so thank you for, for, for noticing that we, we put a lot of energy into that. But that is definitely our goal, to, to figure out how to make these conversations front and center, to take the taboo, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, to, to completely eradicate those thoughts in our communities because I, I really believe that's, that's a big part of what was holding us back.
0: Yeah, and I can feel your passion when you talk about it. And I love what you started with. You know, your grandmother said to you, and I'm never going to forget this, I, I won't because um, it's so powerful that the people want to be entertained, but educate them anyway. And you took that and you met people exactly where they were and you normalized. And the safety that you have created. And helping people to step in to something bigger than themselves is like, that makes me, and even though I'm, I'm pretty good when it comes to, you know, managing my money, but it makes me want to look at my finances again and rethink about like, what am I trying to create and what, what more could I do based on having more income coming in to really transform my community, um, even beyond the four walls of my home. Right. And Mm -hmm. so It's such a beautiful thing that you're doing for people, which, which goes well beyond just money. Like you're, you're doing more than just helping people to manage money. Wouldn't you say so?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because money is energy, right? So it's all energy. Like currency is energy and money is a representation of so many other things in our lives. Money could equate freedom, time, freedom. Money could equate Power, money can equate opportunity. Um, it's it's just the means of exchange to get to what you really want. So there's no way to just focus on on money as a silo. It's part of a even when we do our money coaching, it's part of an overall wheel. Like we start off with asking you what is important in life to you. Then we'll see, we'll be able to 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 break it down and see why you're spending on the things that you're spending or why you're scared to spend on certain things or, you know, why your behavior is the way that it is because it's all interconnected. And, it, and that's why I just go back to saying like wellness and money are, are, are one and the same because the, the financial side is just the act of the, the wellness that's, that's there anyway. So, um, yeah, we, we I do love, a lot. Oh, go, go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, <laughs> sis. Go ahead um it's all a part of of a a wheel of action that we we use as our our building blocks when working with people it's when you look at different areas of your life as being singular then one area is going to move move forward and the other area is going to fall apart you know our one area is going to thrive and the other areas going going to die. But if you look at everything being interconnected, you're able to elevate that, the entire entity. And so we want our clients to not just walk away with their money being together, but for them to have an overall sense of feeling better, just about life as a whole. Like it, it'll connect into those, those other segments
0: yeah i love this holistic approach that you're taking um in your work and um i'm so sorry and the reality is is that this holistic approach when we think about it right i have like the life wheel in my mind which is broken out into eight sections i'm sure you're familiar with it we have to spend Mm -hmm. money in each area of our life right we spend money on fun we spend money in our race based on our social relationships. We spend money in our career. Every single aspect of life, there's money attached to it in some way. So the fact that you're tackling this to say, like, we're not just gonna address this money problem, we are going to be able to reframe every aspect of your life where money is connected to, and there's not one part of your life that money doesn't touch in some shape or form. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: for me, that feels like, that's one of the things that really sets you apart. Not saying there, there are not other folks out here who are doing um, similar work, who have a similar approach, but I think that when I when I um, reflect on the money management field, right, and all the ways that we support people in that arena, I think that this is really, really unique.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I, and I feel like um, even what even took us to this place of, of how we created our systems and our signature program is because we felt like a, lo- a lot of people in the money space um, completely forget about the cultural sensitivities that many of us in our, in, in our community share. Come on, and sis. So- say it again. Say it again.
0: Say it again. They don't know.
1: They don't know, sis. Right, Or they, or they don't I, care, or they don't care. Yeah, or, or they can't even, they can't step into it and see it. They can only hear about it and not know what to do with it. I went to a very large financial conference a few years back. And the keynote speaker was a real, uh, really big time financial guru. And um, one of the people in the audience stood up and, and talked about how Um, she didn't know what to do. She was at her wit's end. The only time her mother calls her is when she needs money. Um, That's the basics, the basis of their entire relationship. And she doesn't know how to proceed. And so the, the um, financial guru on the stage responded back, well, just cut your mother off. And I was sitting in the audience, like, it's not that easy Mm. to just cut your mother off, you know, like that, in our community, it it doesn't happen like that. You don't just say, all right, mom, you want, you asking for too much. I got to let you go. Like that is too emotionally attached. This is the woman who raised you. You don't know, you know, what else has happened in there. Um, I mean, it's just, it's so many different things that I felt like she didn't even explore or ask any other questions or whatnot. It, It just seems so simple to her to just, uh, eliminate that person from your life, and so I saw that um, the woman who asked the question in the lobby uh, when it was intermission, and I was like, "Hey, that question is so com- complex, and there's so many different levels to that. And if I can offer anything to you, I would say you need to start with with a level of therapy because if you guys have gotten to that point, it has nothing to do with money anymore, mm. right? Like." The, the money is just the symptom of the scenario, but there is, um, even with what we do, we have a network of, um, of counselors that, that focus and specialize in what we call financial therapy, um, because that, that's where it starts. That's how it has manifested into your life. But the triggers and the basis of what's really transpiring is, is deeper and has to be really worked through on a therapy level then they come back to us and then we can start to clean up some of the different areas of where those things manifested so for her to just um, blindly give that advice I felt like was so non-considering of things that we go through in our in our in our communities you know there I mean many of my clients have family members that lean on them to the point of survival
0: mm.
1: and um if you're a first generation so let's say that your parents are immigrants and you're first generation it was pretty much taught to you that your family gave up their whole life to put you to where you are so you owe them the rest of your life that is a that's a complete mindset within itself this this person was raised to believe that they owe their parents every single dollar they make because their parents sacrificed getting over to this country for them and those types of things. And that's being big, like, real. A, And, like, people of color, mm-hmm. we're just more communal.
0: We're just where we are right. culturally, we're just a more communal a group of people, and I think that in American cultural society and more Eurocentric viewpoints, it's very individualistic, right? And so this is so powerful, what you're talking about, because that's another thing I think that sets your work apart, that you have this culturally relevant lens that you're approaching to your work. You really have an understanding of the real plight that people are faced with, and because of that and you're meeting people where they are, they're able to step in. You give them an entry point. You're able to give people an entry point, whereas a lot of this traditional stuff might feel like, well, I can't really engage with that. Just like this advice that you just talked about from this renowned speaker, and I can only imagine who that was, right? Not that Mm -hmm. we need to go there, because that doesn't really matter. (laughs) What matters is that it's your work and how you're approaching people and your understanding about the realities that they're faced with that is helping to transform their lives financially in every facet.
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yes um I love the way that you take what I say and put it back so eloquently oh Uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you I (laughs) that's a gift that's a gift in itself I appreciate that a lot of sounds so good (laughs) girl I appreciate that a lot of people have
0: actually told me that so I receive it and I thank you for seeing me in that way I appreciate
1: it thank you yeah and um you know, I, I just always feel like if you have that mission placed on your heart, you have to stand strong in it. It's it's not an easy mission to accomplish. So in, in the financial space, it, it the higher you go up, the more is it's intrinsically biased in a lot of different ways, right? So um your, your high-level wealth consultants won't even work with people who aren't in the six or seven figure financial bracket where it's like people who your everyday person who is who desperately needs the financial advice but they don't even qualify to get the financial advice mm, and it it, it it puts you know this this long term cycle of of people trying to figure things out on their own and gathering information that's probably not correct and those different things and so that was that is a big part of what led me to really wanting to hold myself accountable and um, the speakers and the um, financial experts that we bring into our network, if you have very proven, sound advice that is of value and can really help our communities, it, it is up to you to get that information out there because once you start really really focusing on your finances, reading books, listening to podcasts, working with a wealth coach, from there work starting to work with a specialist, your accountant, your investment person, all these different things, then you start to you start to operate in a space where you forget that some of these things aren't common knowledge for your constituents. And so I'm always reminding people that even though you have gotten to the next level, it is completely on you to make sure you're you're building as we climb. You have to go back and disseminate that information, because if, if you're the only one who's operating in a space of, of knowledge and everyone else around you is, you know, taking old myths and trying to put two and two together and, oh, I heard this and, oh, I heard that, then the community still fails. Even... What we're, we're starting to see right now is <clears throat> with the pandemic, you're always gonna get, start to get a lot of, um, a lot of false information, uh, especially as it relates to fa- finances, and then a lot of predatory companies trying to take advantage of people who don't know what's going on. So you have a lot of loans that are being offered. Um, some of them, uh, of course, from the government's perspective, um might you might be able to have those loans forgiven. Uh whereas you know there's other loans being populated and uh put on your timeline and emailed to you. And if you look at the interest rates attached to it or or they're banking that you know you sign off on this emergency loan for three months and they're and and they're banking that the world doesn't you know the economy doesn't start running again in three months you're thinking okay this will all be over in three months and i'll be able to pay this back immediately and the terms uh associated with our with it are unreal mm-hmm. you know like if like if 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 economy does come back together and everything is good in three months then you 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 might escape uh the bullet but if for any reason you know this is this is lingering or this goes on to the end of the year or whatnot that company is prepared to eat you alive and Mm. you sign and you signed your name to it so it's like for those who who take who are taking the time to read the fine print share that with people you know come into we're encouraging people in in our group and on our on our social media channels when you start finding insight if you went to an SBA class if you if you hopped on a uh, uh, chambers, a business chambers webinar. If you felt like you have some understanding, then share it. Like share the quality, good knowledge right now. If you are um, listening to this podcast right now and you're in the financial space, don't hoard the information because that you know. Like, what's the point of that? This is your time to get that information out and to make sure that everyone knows because. You'd just be surprised how I'm just seeing a lot of people you know they're luckily they're running it past me before they sign, but I'm like, look at the interest rate that you're signing to if for any reason this this um, pandemic slows the economy down for one more month than what you anticipate do you, you you're going to wipe away anything that you have right now if you continue with this agreement like you've gotta to read the fine print you gotta You got to know that people are counting on you not being up to par and you not reading so that they can get rich off of of your ignorance during this time. So, you know, you just want to be very aware of that. And then also you want to know your rights financially. A lot of people make decisions and and long-term commitments not knowing their rights. You know, I, I see a lot of people immediately jump to wanting to file for bankruptcy Um, but it it takes you have to prepare to handle bankruptcy in in the right way right like you have to that's not just oh okay I can't pay it okay cool let me go file for bankruptcy you need to understand what are the terms how does that affect your life what you can and cannot do um, you know all those different things have to be taken into consideration before you make such a substantial move or Um, You know, even with a lot of small business owners, a lot of of clients will come to me and say, hey, you know, before I meet with my accountant, I just am thinking about, you know, saying that I took a loss this year and I want to, you know, say that my company didn't make any money because I don't want to pay anything. But what if you're getting ready to purchase a house? So are you telling the government that you want to take out a loan and you want them to trust you on paying it back? But then you're also telling them in the same breath that your company makes no money. So you have to know you have to have strategy, knowledge, understanding to your long term decisions. It's not really the time to ask you know somebody else that has no knowledge either. like girl, what do you think about this? Well, I did it. I think you should do it. No look you gotta you gotta dig down deep and, and get real resources to help you with these decision-making, um, opportunities. Cause I promise you there are so many of us dealing with financial decisions we made 20 and 30 years ago, or even, you know, just 10 years ago. And it's still, you know, haunting us to this day. Like, Oh man, I wish I did not take this type of loan out when I was in college or, um, you know, like student loans right now are, um, uh, Uh, you're getting a grace period on your student loans, but that's just, if you have federal loans, if you took out private loans, a lot of those companies are like, I still want my money and what's going on in the economy has nothing to do with us. And you didn't even know the difference between taking out private loans and, 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 uh, Uh, federal reserve loans when you made some of your decisions so is you really have to arm yourself with true knowledge and what's what's what is good right now is because we're in the podcast space and the audio space and um the the social media space some of the best financial gurus are going live the ones that really have the teaching spirits um, the ones that really care, they're going live. They're like, let me get in front of this. Let me make sure my people know what's going on and getting the information. I myself am trying to show up as much as I can, uh, doing as many podcasts and, and um, lives and, and Facebook lives and, so, and Instagram lives or whatever, just to answer the questions um, that people are having right now so we don't end up on the other side of this was people who are even in worse predicaments than what we were before. So yeah, it's just something I, I'm very passionate. Was,
0: it is. And I can hear it. And you gave us so much in that answer. And my <laughs> hope is that folks was taking some notes. And um, the, the nice thing about uh, podcast episodes, you can keep listening to it uh, however many times you need to get all the tips in. And I love what you said. Just everything you said was really po- dynamic. And... This push to make sure that we're not hoarding information, right? Because I think that that is so critical to our flow and to living an, an, an abundant life. I think that if we know that we have an answer to someone to someone's problem, even if we don't know it's a problem they have, but they may have it, and we don't share that information, shame on us for not doing it.
1: And, um, Mm -hmm. and
0: why would we hold on to something that we know is going to help someone else? Um, and I think that sometimes that's, that goes back to what you said earlier, even about this whole idea of desperation. Sometimes when we're like in desperate times, we want to hold more tightly the the information that we have because it's like, well, you know, we don't want to give it away Well, I'm already operating in scarcity. Without this understanding that actually you're blocking your flow, you're blocking your blessings by trying to hold on to something that's not yours to hold on to to begin with.
1: Mm hmm, mm hmm. That's good
0: yeah so that
1: you you preaching you preaching
0: today (laughs) (laughs) all right so you gave us like so many tips and um particularly around what's happening in the world right now we're in this unprecedented time and i know that folks can feel that it's impossible to manage their money right now um we know Mm -hmm. some people are not working Um, Some people have had a reduction in their pay. There's all kinds of things that are being thrown at us at this time that are not within our control. So outside of what you've already shared with us in terms of tips, what else can you help us with um, around staying afloat financially in the midst of this crisis?
1: Take advantage of all the areas of help that are being extended to you. So one, uh, there are grace periods with, uh, the, uh, with your mortgage, there's grace periods with your phone company. Um, you can freeze almost all your, uh, your, uh, auxiliary accounts right now. So your gym membership, your, um, you know, spa treatments, all these different things you can freeze. uh, uh last week I pretty much froze everything. I was like, I'm not leaving the house. I'm not risking it for anything. I'm freezing everything. Um, so doing that, um, figuring out, you know, now that we have an extension on uh, having to file for your taxes, it's now extended to July 15th. If you kind of half-hazardly have done your taxes, this is your time to really sit down with an accountant and figure out how you want to strategize your taxes a little bit more so that you end up on the other side of this. Um, if you are in a space where, where you might have lost your job, figuring out you know what you need to hurry up and hop on, if that's unemployment, um, if that's a disaster loan um, that's being offered by the Small Business Association, figuring out how you qualify for that um, and doing what, what's best for you uh, to do that. I would personally take advantage of everything that's being offered, whether you need it or not. Uh, just because you don't know what the future holds. And then you have that in your toolkit. I call it your your financial toolkit. So if you need to pull out that financial hammer, that financial screw, uh, whatever that is later on, you, you have already qualified for it. You know, you already have it as a resource. Um, those things already exist to you. If you have to get really, really tight on your finances then it's time for you to put together your priority list like what what does that mean um for you inside your household you know what are the things that you need to pay first second third fourth and fifth and that that ranges for everyone but if you do if you are experiencing very very tight times and you have put out your lifeline Um, and you know, you're waiting for some things to transpire. Of course, every government agency is behind, uh, you know, they're inundated and even like the internet itself is experiencing delays just because no one has saw this coming and no one's prepared for this. But if you you do find yourself in very hard times, I would start to prioritize, you know, your, your livelihood first, then in your safety, and then you could get back to some of the other things. So I always say, you know, in your home, figuring out food first, like how are you, you know, if you have a small amount of money left, that needs to go to food. Food is your, your how you sustain from your food. Then you need to, to talk through your housing. If you have a mortgage, of course you, you know, um, it was March 18th that the president, announced the department of housing, um, urban development immediately halt any foreclosures or evictions. So you're able to, to do some workarounds with your mortgage. If you're renting, things get a lot more complicated. This is a chance for you to really just reach out and have communication with that. They don't have to follow the same rules unless they receive some type of government funding. If they do, if you are able to find out that you're, um, that where you're renting from has some, uh, government funding attached to it, then they have to follow the same laws as the mortgage companies and give you time and can't evict you. But if you are, if they're not, then, um, then these are just things that you need to know as well. Just know what your rights are and start the communication. And then after housing, I will prioritize transportation. Um, how are you getting around if you still need to go to work? even though, you know, we're all saying stay at home, that's still a privilege for many of us because a lot of us still have to go to work. Um, Many of us are still very much essential workers. Um, Many of us are in jobs where they're like, hey, either you come to work or you're getting fired. Um, Some people still have to keep moving. If that's the case, you want to make sure your transportation is there. Um, And then after that, I would probably prioritize utilities. You want to make sure that you know, things are in place so that you can keep thriving, um, in your home while you're, while you're confined to your home. One good thing is that internet is pretty much how all of us are making money right now and staying afloat and, you know, able to still keep the world moving. And so if you, you know, are having to cut back on different ancillary bills, there uh a lot of the providers are providing like $5 packages or $10 packages during this time it's at a slower speed of internet but it'll get you through at least and then i would say when we are facing a recession outside of just the pandemic we have we have officially entered into a recession um and and you know we've talked about another recession coming for for quite some time but now we're here and so when we're in recession, you need to be very cash heavy. So I'm not a big fan of like overpaying on your debts during this time um, because those debts will still be there, you know, once we get past the movement uh, or the upstart of the economy happening again. So if you have credit cards and personal loans and things of that nature, see what you can defer, um, see what you can, you know, pause on, if you're doing really well though, if, if this is just, you know, an inconvenience that's happening for you, but it's not necessarily affecting you, then look into where interest rates have been suspended right now. So like student loan interest rates have been suspended until I believe it's September 30th. This is a time where you can pay up on some of your on, on some of your student loans. Um, without having to, you know, pay on that interest side, but this is only if your emergency fund is there, your your liquid cash and your your cash storage is very high, then you could take advantage of some of these other things. But if you're tight, then you need to go into self preservation mode, and those are some of the, just some of the tips that I have for that.
0: Good girl, you gave us a lot. That was the whole plan. you you gave us the whole plan so thank you thank you thank you and the only thing that i want to add to that is that also you know folks just want to pay attention to what's happening within their state right because you know i'm based in the state of michigan and our governor has mandated a variety of things right so make sure that you know what the mandates are so that you can really tap into all the advice that Nicole has given us and make sure that it's right size for your um, particular state because um, certain governors have also... May, put certain mandates down that are going to help you to hold on to some of your money while we're in this recession. And thanks for clearing that up, right? This is not just um, a pandemic. This, we have entered a recession. And so we need to make sure that we're being as proactive as possible so that we can keep our heads uh, above water in the midst of um, this unspeakable time. So thank you for that. So um, we've come to the end of our interview just about. now. I, the last thing that I want to explore with you really quickly is, you know, you've been on stages, uh, you've been on a TED stage, you've been at the White House, you've been at a numerous places that, are only, uh, that only are a person's dream, right? That, or maybe even people haven't dreamed of, but hopefully they are dreaming of these things. So what role has dreaming played in manifesting what you want in life?
1: I would say that it, I'm a big believer in manifestation and I'm a big believer of once you start to visualize it, that's how it can, it can actually come into fruition in real life. Um, I, I've always studied that a lot. That's something that I am just very much into. And, um, they always say that your brain can't determine once you start to think it and you start to see it, your brain can't determine if it's happening you know, in your mind or in real life. So everything starts to line up according to it, just as if it was happening in real life as soon as you start putting your thoughts towards it. So I do a lot of, you know, visualization, putting together, I call them visibility boards. You know, people say vision boards, um, a lot of different things, but visibility boards are, I I break it down to, you know, this is what I want to bring in this month this is what I want to bring in this week. So this my financial goal for the year, these are uh, the things that I want to be doing that, you know, having good finances allows me to do um, all these different things. Like even I, you know, me and my husband worked on what do we want to look like on the other side of this, of this pandemic? Like, what are some things, uh, you know, life has slowed down some. Um, it's still very busy for me work-wise, but you could just, I mean, the, the world is slowed down. So while it's slowed down, what self-development things do we want to have in place? So when we come out on the other side of this, we're we're stronger, we're smarter, we're healthier, we're more well-rested, we're, you know, all of, we've made better decisions, we've had better communication. I mean, just all those different things, you know, we're, we're putting on our visibility board. Um, and so I think manifestation is, to me, it's, it's praying with your eyes open or it's praying, it's, it's praying nonstop. You know, many of us will go and pray, but as soon as we open up our eyes, then all that doubt that fills you up again means that you, didn't, you don't believe the prayer to be real. Like you don't believe the answer is going to really come. It's like you, you did the act of praying, but you didn't have the belief behind it. Manifestation to me is whether my eyes are closed, whether it's open, I know, I know guys got this. Like, I I know it. I know deep down inside. So I'm not even worrying about the different things. Um, You know, a lot of people were saying I seem to be very peaceful during this time. But it's, I mean, what I have to me, I have no other option. Like worrying doesn't serve me. I'm never my best version of myself. Once I start going into anxiety and panic mode, then you get like a spazzy version of Nicole that does no one any good right it like my husband would be like you're spazzing my son will be like you know we can't do anything with you during this time so i'm choosing to to believe in the goodness of all of this like the the uncertainty is just opportunities waiting to be discovered and um the the level of innovation that's transpiring like the um the online conferences, the, you know, just what I'm doing virtually with a lot of my clients and now they're so open to it. Cause they have no other re- you know, no excuse. It's just a lot of innovation coming through this time too. So there's, there's a silver lining to it all. And I want to be on the front end of that and not on the back end. Of that.
0: I love that. I blog. Um, and that was in part what my blog was about. It was five lessons that I've taught since co that I've learned since COVID. And that was one of the five things that I talked about. In fact, a couple things that you said are actually reflected in that blog. So I, I love how much in alignment, um, we are and the same thing happened with the guest that I had on prior to this. Um, and so I just, I love that right and I think that when we are entering in and doing our work then we find that we're attracting the very things that we are in the process and Mm -hmm. so um, I feel like this was the right time for us to do this interview and um, when we were scheduled before I don't think that was the right time. I think this was the right time. And so um, I just appreciate you so much, sis. You gave us a lot, a lot, a lot. This is going to be an extended episode. I know our people are going to um, be blessed as a result of this. And your quote, which was, uh, manifestation is praying with your eyes open. I mean, damn, God, forgive me. That's, the, <laughs> that's all I can say, girl. That was, that was fire. That was fire. And so I'm just thinking about all the ways I'm going to extract from our podcast episode to make sure that folks can hear your message in a multitude of ways, like through our blog and through some of our social media. And if you ever want to, I'd be happy to get on a Zoom with you as well so that we can so that our audience can see you too. I know you're a busy woman even during this time, but I um, just want to be able to extend that. So with that, I know our folks are going to want to stay in touch with you. How can they go about doing that?
1: Sure. So uh, website is, uh, uh, for my personal, it's Nicole Garner Scott, N-I-C-O-L-E-G-A-R-N-E-R, scott.com. Uh, for our business, it's amountfinancial.com. Social media is at Amount Financial all across the board, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And my personal is Dr. Garner Scott, D-R-G-A-R-N-E-R, Scott, on social media all across the board. Um, If your uh, readers are interested in our financial membership, we call it our Wealth Squad. Um, You can find out about the Commonwealth membership by going to amountfinancial.com backslash membership. And then uh, this summer, I have a book coming out called Make Space for Wealth. And so um, they can find out more about that as well.
0: That's amazing. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast so that we can um, talk about your book as we get closer to that, if that's something that you're interested in. So Be Well Beautiful Woman tribe, you heard it here. So glad that you tuned in today. I love y'all so much. Make sure that you're following us at the letter Be Well Beautiful on Twitter and Instagram. If you're not tuned in to our um, e-news and our blog, make sure that you sign up for that at BeWellBeautifulWoman.com. And please, please, please check out Nicole, all the great work that she's doing. You could hear that she doesn't hold back. She has immense passion and she wants to make sure that people who look like us can be able to lead well for generations to come. So make sure that you don't miss an opportunity to learn more about this Queen's work. Nicole, I, I just appreciate you. I love you, sis, all the work that you're doing. And I look forward to uh, just keeping our, keeping our paths crossed in some shape or form.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for, for having me on.
0: Absolutely. All right, everybody. Until next time, Ashe.